Hey guys, welcome to the Next Level Agents Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Kaufman, and along with my business partner and co-host, Fred Weaver, we bring to you our podcast all about getting to the next level. Sometimes we talk to real estate agents, sometimes brokers, sometimes people just in and around our space, and sometimes just entrepreneurs in general. But our point here is to talk to the brightest and the best and to pull gold nuggets out of them and bring them to you so that way you can take little actionable pieces of advice, sometimes big actionable pieces of advice and make your business even better and help you get to the next level. Do me a favor, if you haven't already, go over to ratethispodcast.com, ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA, stands for Next Level Agents, and please leave us a five-star review if you have not already. All right, without further ado, welcome to today's episode. All right, guys, we're back on the Next Level Agents podcast, and today I am joined by Debbie DeGroat. First of all, Debbie, did I pronounce that correctly? You did. You awesome. absolutely did. Good job. Well, I'm uh, uh, thank you. I'm glad I got it right, uh, and I'm excited to do this. So what's funny is you and I have just met a couple of years ago, but I've sort of known about you for a really long time uh, because no surprise, your business partner, Ben, uh, had, had it kind of introduced me to your work a long time ago, shared some scripts with me, uh, of yours or that he had of yours. And so, uh, those were a lot of the foundational scripts that my team and I used kind of back in the day when Ben was doing, you know, had first started really mentoring us quite a bit. And so I'm excited to have this conversation today and just kind of dive in and learn a little bit more about you. Sure. Well, first of all, Debbie, you are um, co-owner, uh, I'm not sure exactly the, the right words that you use, founder uh, of Forward Coaching with Ben Kenny and yes. uh, and Chris, you know, part of being, you know, part of place. And I would love to hear about kind of your journey in the coaching world, sort of how you got there and then a few more things that maybe are more relevant to kind of what you're seeing today. But I'd love to start with like your journey into coaching and how, you know, when that started. Okay. Well, and yes, so I'm CEO and co-founder of Forward Coaching. And Forward Coaching is a company that does serve the the real estate public at large, um, mortgage escrow title, top teams, top brokers, top agents across the country, all brands. And yet there is also a division that is very, very specifically geared to serve place and all the the amazing people that are part of that organization. So we wear a couple of different hats. And I, the way I met Ben is I was Ben's coach um, for quite a long time and, and his team and Jolene, um, goodness, that started about 11 or so years ago. And I think what's cool and also amazing about the real estate world is when you find amazing people in it, and you stay connected to those people, you just never know what future opportunities there might be. Right? So so true, right? Yeah. And so Ben reached out about three plus years ago, I had my own coaching company and he said, I'm going to be doing some very big and amazing things and I need excellent coaching. Would you consider having a partner? I was not really looking for a partner, um, but Ben and I talk about something we often call leadership lonely. <laughs> where, you know, it is a little lonely to be the, the the lone operator and not have those high level people around you to see the blind spots or opportunities. So that's how we got together on the coaching. Um, but I started selling real estate at the age of 18 and had a great, great broker, great mentors. And 
by the time I was early 20s, I was selling 156 units a year. And Kevin, that was, I think of it as a simpler time, you know, just to be fair to everyone listening, purchase agreements, there weren't as much paperwork or inspections or disclosures. And also there weren't some of the, you know, the things like Zillow and and all the, you know, it, it was a simpler time in the business. So I think easier to do 156 units. You know, it's funny. I, I don't know that it's easier, Debbie. And and here's the here's the thing. I, but I do agree with you on one sense. Uh, maybe it, there was definitely some things that were simpler. There's a lot of technology available today that makes right. that makes processing a lot of transactions simpler. But I kind of you know I relate. To, I'm a big sports fan, so I apologize ahead of time if you're not. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I think of it as like you know look at basketball. We use basketball because it's the NBA playoffs right now. And the question, and it's not even really a question. Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. However, if you ask Michael Jordan, if he's the greatest of all time, he will not say that he is. And the reason that he said that he won't say it is because he'll say, I never got to play against like Jerry West and Oscar Robinson and Wilt Chamberlain and these guys that played in different eras. <clears throat> and I'm more of a, I love basketball, but I also really love baseball. Part of it is because of the stats and how many stats there are. And I've always said the same thing to you. You can't really compare people against other eras, if you will. You can only compare people against their peers. So I don't want to take anything away from, to me, I would actually argue 150 units uh, when you did it was a lot harder. To me, today, to do 150 units, you almost have to do that to survive, it feels like sometimes, just to to sort of get by. Um, Yeah, there's differences, but I, I definitely... I don't want to discount that. I think that at the end of the day, you were probably head and shoulders above your peers. Um, and while one, I even look at us, you know, my team, you know, we've done as many as 550 transactions in a year, but now I know some people that, or we were doing 550 transactions a year. Like I know so many people doing a thousand and 2000 transactions right. a year. And so I think that things kind of always change as, as like, technology changes and you, you mentioned like lead sources. I think right. it changes the game. All that to say, hats off to you. 150 transactions, I think is a lot and definitely not something to sneeze at. Well, and I think it's also the path to why I got into coaching because doing that amount of units with one admin who was not licensed, right? So that meant working. I, I I mean, I can even remember one day I went to work at 530 in the morning and came home at 130 the next day. So, so not a path I would want all of you to choose, right? But at the time, teams did not exist. In fact, I was one of the first to even have an admin. Um, I, I hate to say it. I think I found this. This is crazy. I found this in my drawer this morning. We we're cleaning out things. This is kind of scary, guys but this is an old magazine. They interviewed me and it was in 1986. So that's going to date me. Right. But down at the bottom, you can't read it, but it says car phone tool or toy, because I was one of the first agents to also have a car phone. And people thought I was like a complete freak. And I wonder how many of you watching, you know, listening to the podcast and watching some of the things Kevin does have often been thought as, are you crazy? You know, like when Kevin said, I want to build this team and do 500 plus units. And people are like, are you crazy? Um, So since there were no teams, there was just no solution to how do you handle the onslaught and how do you grow the business? And about that time I had twins. Um, My daughter Taylor is president of Forward. um, And 
I thought I can't sustain this schedule. And then I was offered the opportunity to uh, run and develop a very large coaching company at the time. It's now almost out of business now, but at the time um, was the deal. And it was like, you know, offer too good to say no to and a schedule that was better. So my husband took over my database and, and that's when I launched into coaching because I'd always had a passion for that. Like, okay, how can I help the agents in our company not make the mistakes I've made or do things faster or better? So I was kind of coaching for free and then decided that really was my second passion. Had I had we had the tools that Place has, those opportunities, I, I probably would have just built a big ass team. <laughs> right? But it just didn't even occur to anyone, which is so weird to me. How did that not occur to us? Yeah, it's so funny how it kind of evolves. You know, the thing is, when you own a team, um, big, big or even medium size, like you find yourself spending a lot of time in a coaching relationship, quite frankly, right. with uh, and that can take up a really good amount of your daily working hours, your activities. Uh, and it's so funny you you say that because there's people who are who are great coaches who I think I know sometimes think like man I should just have a team and I should just you know pour my energy into that and then I know team owners that are like gosh all I'm doing ever all I'm ever doing is coaching I should probably just become a coach and give up the real estate right. team you know so grass probably feels greener on the other side sometimes to for all of us to some extent um, but there is man there is so much crossover. Uh, and you know, it, it takes a, it's funny. I've coached a few people through the years. I don't like to do a lot of formal coaching. It's not my, I don't love it. I'll, I'll put it that way. And therefore I think I'm not great at it, but I think of people like my coach who who you may know, his name is, uh, Glenn Neely, been Mm -hmm. been my coach for gosh. Glenn used to actually, when I ran the other coaching company, Glenn worked there. I worked with Glenn. There. Yeah, he, he's oh, yes, amazing. I've known him for many years. Glenn's been my coach since January of 2011. I love that man, uh, and his wife Ray, for that matter too. And but you know what? I think of I think of someone like Glenn, or I think of someone like you, people who are like truly professional coaches. So when someone comes to me and says, "Hey, will you coach me?" My answer is, oh, "Absolutely not. I'll be your friend. I can mentor you. I can I can teach you a few things." But you know, when it's time for a coach, it's time for a professional because it really is a lot different. I think what you do and what people like Glenn and, and so many of the amazing coaches that work for you, what what you guys do on a like it takes a full-time commitment to doing. It's not just teaching somebody else what you know. In fact, it's probably, I'm guessing, not that much about teaching what you know as far as it is asking questions and helping people learn for themselves. Yeah, I think, and there are two very distinct coaching styles that exist, not just in real estate, just in general. Um, One style is you don't actually have to know much about your subject. You just ask, how does that make them feel? Or if they did know, what would they decide to do? That's not our style here at Forward. At Forward, it's a combination of great questions with a strategic purpose And then once we really discover the truth there, then what is the appropriate advice for that person? So we we do believe we need to give direction, which is why I only hire coaches that are 20 to 40 years in the industry, because they have to have some brain map of, you know, been there, done that. Not that they would say, do it the way I did, 
but they've lived it and walked it and gone through the trials by fire. Um, that, that just happens to be my style. And we also believe everyone is unique. So we really need to hear and see who they are. Um, I love the DISC assessment. It gives us insights into their strengths and weaknesses. And then everything we do is really custom tailored around who they are. That's great. I, I think that's wonderful. I, you know, there's some, like everything else in life, there's, everything's got nuance, right? And I, I think that, you know, I, I remember when I first got in the business, I had a lot of, and it was a rough time. It was 2007. I had a lot of people start their phone calls off with me with, do you know how long I've been in the business? Which mm -hmm. I always meant that, great, I'm speaking to somebody that hasn't had a sale in 65 days and they're mad at me How now. do you say that? And, you know, that's exactly right. Yeah. That's usually what that means. And yes. So, and I was kind of like, you know, probably didn't make as many friends as I could have my first year or two uh, with it w in the marketplace. And um, so I, I didn't value the longevity necessarily uh, then as much as I do now, but, you know, kind of, again, that nuance side is like, when you've got someone who's newer, let's say five years or less, mm -hmm. I, I love the enthusiasm and I love the, you know, especially when someone just takes off and they're someone who's willing to learn and, and sort of do as their mentors and coaches tell them to do. I love that. And the other, the other side of that coin is that's not enough time to really be punched in the face a whole lot by this business. And so when you, when you do, I love that you said 20 to 40 years is if you've got a successful track record for 20 plus years, you, you've you're seen a, a lot of, yeah, you're a survivor. You've seen right. many different markets, Market right? You, it's, you're not a one trick pony to succeed in the last five years is going to be a lot different to succeed from today and the next five years. Sure. And so it's going to take a, it's going to, if you don't adjust and we're already seeing people not adjust and unfortunately leave the business or have to supplement income, et cetera, that they looked really great the last couple of years, kind of. I guess what I'm saying is I love the approach of having someone, a veteran in there who's seen a lot of different cycles. My, my follow-up question to you is as things have changed in the markets over the last really nine to 12 months, what are you seeing? If I had to say, Hey, Debbie, what are the two or three things as an agent population we need to do or get better at or adjust with in this, with this market uh, and the way things have changed? What, what comes to mind for you? Interesting. Well, one of them is, I have it on my desk right here. It's this upcoming webinar, negotiations. I, I feel that the negotiate, to be a, a very powerful negotiator is a great art and a skill. I was yes. fortunate. My first broker was phenomenal at that. And he trained me and he made me read books. And I still read books like Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss and all kinds of cool things. And I, I feel that what happened over the last few years, it was just a market where it kind of forced everyone into just being an order taker. So some of the agents that got into the business in the last few years, they actually don't even know how to negotiate. They've never had to. They've never been trained to. And even for the veterans, they it's kind of like a flabby muscle, right? They haven't utilized it for a while. And so I think that's critical um, getting back to the foundation of what brought us here. You know, some of the things that were always the strong pillars, networking in the community, um, you know, going out and actually knocking on doors or making calls, um, open houses at a high level with, with new nuances and, you know, tying in social media. 
But if you think of it, it's a it's still a people business. And I think we got to go back to those pillars that have always been sustaining in the real estate industry and just do them better, right? Do them with more skill and strategy. Yeah, I, I think those are great points. You know, the negotiation, I think for some people, it would be easy to think that we had to negotiate a lot. You really didn't. You just had to win. You, you had to win an right. offer, which really you didn't have to deal with artful, skillful negotiation because it was a lot. It was almost like we were being held hostage mm-hmm. on the, you know, on the buyer, on the buy side of things. For sure. Uh, whereas like now we actually have to find win-win deals and we have to be able to negotiate and know when to give some and, and where we can take some and, and to help our clients get what they're, you know, what they're looking for. Um, and so I, first of all, I would agree. I, and I love that you also brought up the basics because those are, I just don't know that the basics ever go out of style Maybe so, and sometimes they're just m- maybe more relevant or more important than in other times. Maybe that's what it is. Right. And I think, you know, all the twists of adding technology to them and things you do around them is, is powerful. Also, one of the things that I feel is the, um, the hidden equation and being a super salesperson or a super team leader or business leader is the emotional intelligence, the EQ. And that's, you know, being aware of others and instincts and reading between the lines and, you know, what to say and when to say it and how hard to press and just that that really good intuition and also self-awareness. How am I behaving? How am I showing up? And when am I annoying? And that's why one of the things I ask our clients to do and our coaches is to read the book, um, The Emotional Intelligence 2.0, take the assessment, which is easy to take. It gives you back a great little report that gives you an EQ score. And for an example, I won't hire coaches that don't have an EQ score of at least 85 or above. And, you know, being obviously the, the top score is 100 because I feel that they won't have the instincts to, to read the people. Now, the great thing about it is if you take the score and your score is not 85 or above, it's so awesome on this analysis. It tells you what pages in the book to go read and what exercises to do. And I have seen people that came in with a score of 56, do those exercises, do the work, which isn't hard, and within 60 or 90 days be up in the 80s. Because a lot of it is just reminding yourself, I need to be mindful of how I'm impacting and communicating with others. And and the good portion of the world is not mindful of that at all. I, You know, I love this for multiple reasons. First of all, so that was emotional uh, intelligence 2.0 was the name of the right. book that you referenced. But what I love is you just, I mean, you, you just pointed out that you could be a lower score and you could then go back and read the recommendations in the book, make some adjustments and you could then learn. I think a lot of times people, we tend to think of emotion as sort of just as who we are, like right. that's just who I am. And that sort of attitude of just who I am means like, then you're treating it like it's a life sentence when the reality is it's not, it's actually just the way you're behaving in the moment and it's completely adjustable. You can make the change. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love the disc because you you can see your strengths and weaknesses. So I'm a 99 D 
And I've heard people say, I'm a high D, deal with it. And I'm like, no, that's not the point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's not the point. And, you know, so as a 99D, you know, friends are going to come over. We're going to go out to dinner and they say, where would you like to go? Well, quite honestly, Kevin, I know where I want to go, where I want to park, what I want to order and how fast I want to get there. But I have to catch myself and say, what would you like to do? <laughs> right? <laughs> because I'm aware that I am bossy. <laughs> so yes. it, it's just, as someone said to me the other day, Debbie, I'm so grateful that you opened my mind to all of this. I'm, I'm closing at a higher ratio. The stress is going out of my deals. And he said, but the only thing that's a little bit unnerving is I'm now realizing how annoying I am to others if I'm not careful. <laughs> and I thought that was kind of cute, you know? That's so. so funny. You know, it's, it's great. You know, you think of the, the person, the person says I'm a high D deal with it. And you know, it's great. Like the first, I believe the first part is just understanding who, who you are, who I am. Like we should understand ourselves, but the really the whole purpose, why is what you said is the heart of what you just said is so, because when you understand how you behave, it makes it a whole lot easier to interact with and create positive outcomes for what seems like might just be the other people, but it's actually for yourself too. It's just as much for yourself as it is the others. When you take into consideration your natural behavior as well as their behavior, and instead of trying to bulldoze somebody, which granted that's an easy thing for a high D to want to do. I'm guilty. Um, And the reality is, is that's, that's not really the point of it. It, That's, you know, again, that kind of goes back to, assuming it's a life sentence as opposed to I could use intelligence and thoughtfulness to overcome things in a certain situation. So, well, in the book, never split the difference. Chris boss says, if you think the person you're negotiating with is crazy, odds are they're not, you just haven't figured them out yet. Right. So yeah, I love that part of it. I love the whole art and science of sales versatility and looking at people like a puzzle and, how can I sell them in the way they want to be sold and, and just how powerful and magical the whole experience on all sides become when you remove that conflict. Right. So, yeah. So I love it. And that's why we coach some of the best, I think in the nation, you you know, people like Ben and, and, you know, people that do four or five, six million a year in GCI people go, why do they need coaching? Because they're looking to master that next level. And I think our industry has a challenge with, okay, I've been in the business a year. I know what I'm doing. And now I'm just going to do that same year over and over again for 20 years, instead of how do I grow and how do I get better? Part of that is surrounding yourself with amazing people. You know, I, I, I that's saying you always hear people say, well, I, I want to be the dumbest person in the room. You know, I, I love that. I just spent last week with Ben and Chris and Chris Stewart and Goldman Sachs in a room. And, you know, half the time I'm like, what are they talking about? This is so crazy. But I love it because it challenges me to become better. Right. Yeah. So never arrived. Yeah. If I, uh, I often wonder, and you know, I love that you said that Debbie, I want to, I want to acknowledge you for something because a lot of people, I, I know a lot of people that are coaches own own coaching businesses, both inside and outside of real estate. And one of my biggest, I don't want to say red flags. One of the things that stands out to me the most though, is when a leader like yourself doesn't put themselves in a room where they're not the leader. 
where they don't go and they're not sitting sort of on the student side of the, of the table. Um, and I just, I know so many people that, you know, they might do it say through their reading and their research and kind of where they get it, but they don't, they would never publicly be in this on the student seat. And I think that is such a miss. No one, nobody has it all figured out. You know, right. I, you know, we, we've mentioned Ben's name many a time. In fact, I texted Ben a picture the other day of, um, of a room that him and I were in, this was years ago, probably popped up on my Facebook memories, like from, I don't know, probably eight or nine years ago. And there's this picture of him and, you know, Ben's skin is pretty, you know, Ben's skin when you see it. Right. Yeah. And you can just see his arm. You can't see his face, but I know the seat that it was in. And I was like, I, and I texted him jokingly. I said, Hey man, first of all, even if I couldn't see your pasty white arm here, uh, exactly. based on the seat, I know this is you. I, yeah. I almost missed those days. And he kind of laughed. And and the reason why is because we were in a room together to learn. Right. And even Ben, even at that time, I sort of, all of us that are quote unquote, were peers with him. We kind of also already knew we weren't peers with Ben. Like he's a special person. Yeah. He's, he's a visionary beyond. And, um, I call him the Steve Jobs of real estate. Yeah, he he, he really <laughs> he really is. Yeah. I you know I'd almost compare. I did. I was talking to Bob Stewart yesterday, and I kind of compared him to Elon Musk in a way of, you know, Elon on Twitter on the Twitter side. He just hired a, a a new CEO of the company, but you know what role he kept? He kept the role of chief technology officer because he's because he, he cares about the product so much, and right. that's the way Ben under. That's why. Number one, he's smart enough to understand it, but number two, he's also understands what it's like to use the product. And I think that's what's helped place on the technology side of things really excel where some of these other real estate tech companies can't do it, but it's because Ben is willing to be a student and he doesn't, he doesn't care if he looks like a student, he's because he's there to learn no matter what. And I think that no matter how successful you are, whether you've been in real estate for 10 years and you're selling $350 million worth of real estate a year or you're the head of a billion dollar company, if you're not willing to be the student at certain times, I think you're going to hit a ceiling on your growth. And it's unfortunate because it's a lot of times I think it's ego. Well, and you know, there's a, an old book, the entrepreneurial myth, the e-myth by Michael Gerber. And I think it really describes our trap in the real estate industry. And Ben could see through that in the sense that, you know, these great salespeople that can go out and sell ice to Eskimos and attract talent to their team. And yet they really didn't have that brain map because they were never taught or it wasn't their strength to build the systems and the structure to run a predictable and sustainable business that really becomes an asset you can sell and retire on if you choose. And that just wasn't happening. And I think that's why Place was born as not a real estate brokerage or brand, but I think of it as this mothership that teams that have broken pieces can plug into, come out the other side, this smooth machine that just can keep growing and expanding and, and firing on all cylinders while the leader inside just continues to elevate their role to whatever they want that to be. Do they want to be only in production? Do they want to be on a beach somewhere? Do they want to be coaching their team? Um, it's just that he had a vision to see that in the next many years down the road, we won't be able to survive if we don't adapt and change and turn these businesses into real businesses. 
So true. And, you know, I think one of the most beautiful things about our industry is the fact that there isn't just this one way to do it, right? We we do have a lot of those options that you just named. We don't have to make our business look a certain way. Like if you love production, you can, you can stay in production and kind of do your, stay in your lane and still have a great business when you partner with place and, and do, you know, do other things, or if you want to run it, or maybe you want to take on coaching or, or some of these other opportunities that we have. I think that's one of the best things about our industry is there's not just one path that we all have to take in order to make more money and to have a, have a better life and a better business. Yep. And that's true. That's why I'm so passionate about all of it, including the coaching, because I only saw the one path, you know, for me, there, there was other than go be a broker, which is a whole different and very difficult thing that I just didn't think attracted me. So no, it's, it's a interesting time in the business. And yet it's, you know, a small world, you see those who are willing to get in and do business, do it the right way. You know, year after year, those are the people you meet at events. And hopefully they come and join us at Built How. So builthow.com, which is an amazing event we do twice a year. All you ever have to do is just go to builthow.com and you'll see the next event and the incredible speakers we have. And, you know, Ben's goal around that is that it will be the most unique business event, not just real estate event, but business event, because we really want to work on on the mindset of being a great entrepreneur. Yeah. Next one happens to be here in my, where I live in the greater Phoenix area uh, in Scottsdale, September 12th, 13th and 14th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, So come out and join us. It'll be good. Uh, I think it'll be, I think it'd be good. I think it'll be great, but I think it's a good conference to attend because there is such a mix. There's not, it's not a brand. It's not an event that's solely one brand. Like you get a good mix from different brands. You get a good mix from different business owners in the industry and outside of the industry. That's Those are some of the things I love about the event. I know um, I'm excited about it. I'm even more excited that it's in my hometown. Um, yeah, it makes it easy. Well, yeah. it's great for referral networking because we have incredible people from all across North America. You know, our panels are, are really the best of the best at what they do, carefully curated. And it's not an ego thing. Like they don't even talk about their production or any of like, Hey, look at me. They just say, here's how I, here's what I do well. And here's how I built it. Right. Yep. Which is what's pretty unique. And then all of our great guest speakers, which we're still lining up a couple of them are super amazing, but I can't tell you yet because they haven't signed their contracts, but coming soon. Check yeah, builtout.com. We'll get those announcements out soon enough for sure. So Absolutely. I'm excited about it. Well, Debbie, before we go last, last two questions I have for you. Um, first one is, what are you most excited about in the business right now, whether it's about forward coaching business, places business, or even the industry as a whole, what excites you the most right now? Wow. That's a big question. Like right now I'm super excited because it's, I've got so many trips planned around the country, which while I don't love airplanes and airports so much, um, but to get to go and do mastermind events across the country with place operators and partners, also some of the big conventions and things I'm speaking at. I love to go hear what are they experiencing in the industry and then bring that all back to my team here at Forward and say, well, how do we help them or how do we plus that? So right now I'm in the season of travel, which um, I bring back just so much stuff that we then work on and, and implement to keep it fresh for the next year. 
So that's my big focus at the moment. Very cool. And then the last question I had for you, um, I want to ask this for the listeners out there who who are interested in coaching and becoming a coach one day, whether that's in the distant future or the near future, near future for them. What are the, when you see someone um, and you think to yourself, man, they would, they would make an excellent coach. What are like, what are the traits or what are the things that you see uh, show up consistently as a trend amongst people that become great coaches? Well, first thing is the passion for it. You know, as I mentioned, I started doing it for free because I just loved seeing the progress and had a passion for it. And it turned into a business. The coaches that work for me, they're all very successful people. They would all say, just like Glenn and Ray, who you mentioned, they don't need the money. That's not why they do it. Um, they, they get paid, of course, but I don't look for those career coaches. I look for those that have the passion. I also definitely look at their emotional intelligence. I, I think that's critically important. Um, I also look at all that experience and background, but here at Forward, I custom match. I'm the only one that matches client with coach because I look at so many touch points of what would make that a good coach for that person. Someone might want a coach to help them build their commercial business. Well, then I'm not going to give them to someone that's never done commercial, right? I even look at personality geographically. Um, lots of things go into that. And I also think um, edge. Uh, to be a good coach, you have to have a certain confidence and a manner of speaking and an edge. And you have to be willing to, to graciously confront the issues. And it's not about making friends with that with that coaching client. It's, it's about moving their business forward. So if I had to say one word, I'd say edge. You've got to have edge. I like that. That's a great one. Well, we, we talked about Built How. Uh, BuiltHow.com, again, is that website. Is there anything else that uh, that you'd like to mention? Or, or if anybody wants information, let me ask you this. Maybe they're interested in either coaching services or maybe just kind of learning from you. What's the best place for people to go to, to kind of follow you and or you know, inquire? They, they can go to uh, ForwardCoaching.com. They'll actually even see a link there if they've never taken the disc to take it absolutely for free, no strings attached. No one will call you or market to you, just there for you. If you want to speak directly to me, it's easy. Debbie at forwardcoaching.com. And I'd be happy to talk to you. We don't have a contract here. We have no high pressure salespeople. Everything flows through me. So if you have an interest, you'll talk to me. Right on. Well, that's fantastic. You guys heard her. Check them out. Forwardcoaching.com, builtown.com. Uh, and Debbie, I just want to say thank you for taking the time out today. Got it. Well, thanks for the invitation. I'll see you soon at Bill Howe. We'll definitely see you there. All right, right, guys, we will see you next week on the show. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you're looking for even more valuable content and resources to help you grow your business, then we invite you to join our community, Next Level Agents at eXp Realty. By joining us, you'll gain access to exclusive benefits like live trainings, events, masterminds, weekly Zooms, digital downloads, and so much more, all designed to help you grow your business. To learn more and become a part of our community, simply visit kevinandfred.com forward slash contact and get in touch with us today. Of course, if you're not quite ready to take the plunge and join our community, that's no problem at all. You can still access all of our great content for free right here on this podcast. And again, we thank you for listening. We look forward to continuing to bring you 
valuable insights and more advice in the future.